good morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Uh, it's the principle of first. Everybody say first. first. It's not the principle of second. It's not the principle of third. It's not the principle of what, whenever, whatever. No, it's the principle of first. And how many here would like to have it so that when you prayed prayers to God, boom, they answered? How many would like that? Man, wouldn't you like to have that happen? Just like, boom. You pray, God hears, God answers. How many here would like to have just a direct line straight to the throne of God? Like, hello, I, 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 wanted, I want you to help me with this right now. Direct access to the throne room. You know what? There's resources in heaven. There, there's, there's things in heaven that are available to the church that sometimes we don't access. There, there's answered prayers that we're not praying. We learned in the last series, the All In series, which I really enjoyed our time talking about All In, that if we're all in with God, God's all in with us. If I don't hold back on God, God's not going to hold back on me. I think too often as Christians, we do a lot of holding back on God. And so we don't receive everything that we should receive because we're not all in with him. But we're not talking about all in no more. We're talking about open heaven. But, but in your notes today, uh, by the way, there's, there's a couple ways to have your notes today. Is everybody get um, one of these on the way in? This is the old way. This is last century's way. Uh, but there's also a new way that you can get notes today. How, how many have the YouVersion Bible on your phone? If you go to the YouVersion Bible on your phone, you can actually get a digital copy of today's notes. You can fill in the blanks and put answers in on your phone. We hope you're not surfing the web while you're on your phone during the preaching or looking at, you know, what you're going to buy when you get home. But this is time to get into the notes, the Word of God. If you go to your app, on the bottom right corner, there's a more button. Does everybody see the more button? Touch the more button, and you get this list of options. You can click on events. Click on events, and you see a map. And do you see a blue dot on the map? The blue dot on the map, it means that's where our church is located in that horseshoe there. And the very first thing below the blue dot in the map is Life Church Burlington, Ontario, Life Church Open Heaven Live. Did everybody see that? You click on that, and that's today's notes. The exact same notes that are here in your handout is on your phone. And if you hit the save button in the top um, right corner, this will save it so you can go back to these notes this week and read them or, or study them or whatever um, with your notes. Everybody got it? So there's two ways that you can take notes today, iPad, phone, or in the paper. Everybody got it? Good. If you have any problems, um, see, see someone after the service. Use the old method if you're having problems. But, but in your notes today, you will find that the biblical concept for an open heaven, to live under an open heaven... It's living without any barriers between the earthly and heavenly realm. There, there's no hindrances. There's no barriers. There's no blockages between my request to God and heaven. And that's what we want today. We want to have access to the throne room. We also learn that in our notes it says, when we have access to the resources of heaven, we have access to salvation, if you need salvation today, provision, if you need provision, blessings, and the miraculous. 
I believe that the church of God should experience salvation, provision. I believe it should have blessings upon it. And we should be seeing the miraculous taking place. How, how many are with me so far? I, I believe too often we don't see it because we're not accessing it correctly. In this series, we're going to discover that, that there are some biblical principles that will open the windows of heaven over your life. I want to have the windows of heaven opened. I, want, I don't want anything in my life or my family's life to block up the windows of heaven. For Life Church, I want the windows of heaven open this church. I want the windows of heaven opened over your life. I want the windows of heaven opened over us, and I want to know God, God to know that I am available for him to pour out his blessings on me. Any other candidates in the room, you want to say, God, I'm available. I want your blessings to be poured out on me. And, and, and once we discover these biblical principles, it's going to change every area of your life. I believe it's going to help your marriage, your relationships, it's going to help your finances, it's going to help your health, and ultimately it's going to help the kingdom of God. Because if we're vessels that God can flow through, God's going to pour out blessings upon us, and we're going to bless people around us. And the kingdom of God is going to go forth with power and authority. Hallelujah. I want it. I want the windows of heaven to be open. I want the blessings to fall right now. Hallelujah. So, so this principle we're going to talk about today, before I read a couple of verses. You know, God's all about being first. Amen? God is all about being first. He's all about us honoring him first. He must be first. The first belongs to God. And so that's the principle we're going to talk about, is the principle of first. Honoring God first. And when we get this principle, when we understand this principle, when we begin to live with this principle, the Bible promises, and we're going to get to that part in this message, there's great blessings that are poured out on people that honor God first. The Bible tells us the windows of heaven will be opened. Two verses of Scripture found in or two portions of Scripture, Matthew chapter 6, you can stay seated, verse 31. Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Isn't that the things we're concerned about? Where are we going to go eat? What, what are we going to have for food? What are we going to drink with our food? I haven't got nothing in the closet anymore. There's just, it's a full closet, but there's nothing to wear. The refrigerator is full, but there's no food in the house. Sounds like people that I know. What's, we're not going to worry about what we should wear and what should we should eat and what we should drink. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all the. He knows we need all these things. Verse 33. Many of you have this verse memorized. But seek second, third, fourth. Seek, what does it say? First the kingdom of God and his righteousness and most of these things. <laughs> if we seek first the kingdom, I told you God's all about being first and honoring him first. Not second, not third, first. If we seek him first, then all the other things that you worry about sometimes... They're all going to be added unto you. Isn't that a great verse? Isn't that a powerful truth? It's a principle of first. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Uh-oh, we're talking about finances here. Oh, I hate when the preachers do that. I'm telling you, folks. There's some powerful truths in this principle that many Christians don't get. When they get it, you're going to see the blessings that flow. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse 
that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. The King James says, prove me now, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it. How many want those kind of blessings? The principle of first. Let's just pray and ask God to talk to our hearts today. I, I don't want you to tune me out today. Amen? I don't want you to tune me out today. I've heard this before. No, you haven't heard some of this stuff before. I believe God's given me some truths. I, I got some stuff out of this stuff this week that's fresh. And I believe God's going to help us. Jesus, God, speak to my heart, God. Help me to get these principles, God. I want the open heaven over my life. And God, I believe when I do what you've asked me to do, when I keep you first in my life, God, that you're going to open the windows of heaven. And God, I receive your word right now. Everybody say, I receive it. In Jesus' name. The principle of first. Really, to understand the open heaven principle, which we all want. We all want the open heaven. But to understand that principle, we must understand the principle of first. Here's what the principle of first is in your notes. It's making sure God is first in every part of our lives. That's the principle of first. Making sure that God is Making sure that God is first in, Brother Cleve's got it, in every part of our lives. Now, I'm going to jump right in here. One of the greatest tests of first principle, what God uses to test us, is money. Say, Pastor Steve is talking about money. On a Sunday morning. I don't do a lot of talking about money, but I, I felt this one coming for a long time. And I believe there's some principles here that will help us. You know, in, in the New Testament, there, there's about 500 verses where Jesus talked about prayer. There, there's about 500 verses in the New Testament about faith. Those are great subjects. Prayer, faith. But there's over 2,000 verses that talk about money and possessions. Because that's the test that God uses to find out if he's first. That's the test that he uses to find out where I'm at. And if he's really number one, are we really going to believe what he says and do what he says? Or are we going to make up our own rules along the way? How you handle your money and your earthly possessions, it reveals volumes about your priorities, your loyalties, and your affections. How you handle your money. Where, where the, where the, you go look at your register on your online account, where, where all the money goes. And I have a lot of money going to Tim Hortons. It seems like. Like Tim Hortons gets a lot. Of, I mean, of course, it's little money. But it's a lot of money. But your, your check register, be it the one that you manually do, I, I pray you no longer do a manual check register. But the online one, something, your bank account, where your money goes tells a whole lot about your priorities, your affections, and your loyalties. And, and here's the key that I want you to get, and it will directly dictate the blessing that you will get or you won't get. Okay, many Christians don't get this. Many Christians are confused in this area. Many Christians don't understand this. I believe the enemy's got us kind of confused in this area on purpose because he knows if we ever get this principle, if we ever understand this te text fully, that, that really it all belongs to God. The principle of first is there in the word of God. He talks about firstborn. He talks about first fruits. He talks about the tithe. It's all encompassed in the first principle. That, that if, if we don't get this, that we're not going to get some of the blessings God has for us. So he gets us, okay, I don't, I, I don't got to do that. Nope, don't got to do that. But I'm saying today, don't, don't tune me out. 
Don't, don't say, you know, I've heard it before. Because I believe today I'm going to be preaching a life-giving truth. That if you would abide by it, it's tied to an open heaven. This truth, if you get it, it's tied to blessings that are going to come into your life and into your family. So don't miss this today. I believe this can change your life and your future in phenomenal ways. Amen? Okay, quick. And I know we get started late, so guys, you've got to give me a little bit of slack here. Okay? We had extra stuff that took place. And so I've got a, a full lesson here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through it. Firstborn. Everybody say firstborn. How many firstborns are in the room? All the firstborns stand real quick so we can identify you. You're the firstborn in your family. All right. Okay, some of you, I, I, I would expect that. <laughs> okay, all the firstborns be seated. Here's the key for firstborns. And we're going we're gonna to prove this in the Word of God, but firstborns on the screen, in your notes, firstborns must be sacrificed. It's not the period, there's no period after sacrificed. They must be sacrificed or redeemed. Praise God for redemption. <laughs> Because I am a firstborn, and I'm not necessarily ready to be sacrificed. Let's, let's read the Old Testament text. Exodus 13 and 1 says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Consecrate, what an, what's a great word. We don't use that word much anymore. Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb, the first child that comes out, the first animal that comes out among the children of Israel, both man and beast, it is... Oh, the firstborns were his. <laughs> Clearly, the Bible declares that every firstborn is God's. Firstborns belongs to him. This firstborn principle is found in the word of God multiple times. I think about 16 or 17 times this principle is laid out. In, it's not a one-time occurrence in the word of God. It's repeated 16 or 17 times about this principle of firstborn. Jump down to verse 12 of Exodus 13. That you will set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, all the firstborns. They're going to be set apart. That is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the male shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons shall be redeemed. Here's the principle of the firstborn. The firstborn belongs to God. Okay? We're talking about animals. We're talking about the children of Israel. There was two options for the firstborn. If a firstborn was born, an animal was born, it was going to be either sacrificed or redeemed. The animal was going to be either what? Sacrificed or redeemed. No, no third options there. If it was a clean animal, God had a whole list of animals that were clean. The clean animals were sacrificed. But if it was an unclean animal, the, the example here in the word of God today was the donkey. If an unclean animal was delivered to, as a firstborn animal, it was to be redeemed with a clean, spotless animal. So a lamb would be offered, the Bible says, in the verse, it says, um, every firstborn of a donkey, you shall redeem it with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, if, it's not, if you're not going to use a lamb to redeem it, break its neck. Take it out. Okay? So that's what the Word of God says here. So, so the unclean animal is redeemed with a spotless lamb. This reminds me of something. John the Baptist on the banks of the Jordan River He's baptizing people in the Jordan, and he sees Jesus coming towards him. Notice what John the Baptist says in John 1 and 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming forward, or coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, calls him the Lamb of God. Romans 8 and 29 says that Jesus is the firstborn among many believers. He's the firstborn among many believers. 
He's the lamb that is the firstborn. The firstborn principle is either to be sacrificed or redeemed. We talked about it at communion today. Jesus was born without sin. He, he was born clean. There was, he was sinless. He was spotless, the Bible lets us know. And he went to a cross, and he was sacrificed for you and for me. Why did he go to the cross? Why did he go and hang there and give his life and shed his blood for you and I? Because we were born in sin, the Bible says. We were shapen in iniquity. We were born unclean. We needed a redeemer to come and redeem us. We need a So Jesus, the come to be our sacrifice because we were unclean. So Jesus, the firstborn among many brethren, he was sacrificed so that you and I could be redeemed. 1 Peter 1 and 18 says, knowing that you are not redeemed with the corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Jesus Christ became my sacrifice. Because of his sacrifice, I can be redeemed today. What a great truth that is in the word of God. Jumping down, to not in your notes, but in the Bible to the plagues of Egypt. There was the, the ten plagues that came, the children of Israel trying to leave, leave Egypt. And, and the final plague, the tenth plague, it, it's, they're told that the death angel is going to pass over the land. Remember that? And, and every firstborn, male, female, or beast, if they did not have the blood applied to the doorpost of the house, they were going to be killed that night. It's called Passover. Today, it's, we celebrate it on our calendar, the Passover. The Jews really celebrate the Passover because that's when the death angel passed over the house that had the blood on the doorpost. So that night when the angel, death angel came through, all firstborn Egyptians from Pharaoh through all of his cabinet, through all of the dignitaries, down to the lowest servant. Every firstborn child died that night in Egypt. Every animal that was a firstborn animal died that night in, in that land. But, but for the children of Israel, the firstborns did not die. Why did they not die? Because the blood of the lamb, the sacrifice lamb, the redemption lamb was applied to the doorhouse. And because of the lamb, their lives were spared. The principle of the firstborn is given to God first. It's a powerful principle. What I give to God, I really do not lose. Because he redeems it. But what you give to God and bring to God... He, he, he doesn't really take from you. You don't really lose it, but God redeems it for us. When I bring something to God, whatever I give him, my feeble attempt to honor him with the first, my little that I give, he redeems all the rest when I give him first. It's the principle of first. You know, the firstborn lamb that is born, we don't know how many lambs can come out of that one lamb. I mean, this could be the, 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 the best birth-given lamb there is. I don't know that. It could have thousands of lambs within it because of the lambs and the lambs and the lambs that are born. And I mean, we don't know. But he said, I'm not wanting the tenth one. I'm not wanting this one lamb to get, have ten babies and give me the tenth one. He said, I'm wanting the first. You know, it takes a lot of faith to give God first. Because, oh, the potential of me keeping that for myself. It takes faith to give God's first. But it's given to God before you see what God's going to do with the rest. When I give to God first, it's simply saying, God, I'm putting you first in my life. 
and I trust you to take care of all the rest. The principle of the firstborn. Second principle in this first principle is first fruits. The Bible lets us know that first fruits must be brought to God. Everybody say brought to God. Exodus 23 and 19. For the first of the first fruits. Notice that. The first of the first fruits. He doesn't want just first fruits. He wants the first of the first fruits. That's how serious he is. He said, you shall bring it to the house of the Lord your God. So it's not just firstborns he's wanting. He's wanting first fruits as well. Meaning that the last of the first fruits, what's remaining, it really doesn't come as a, an acceptable offering to God. He's not looking for the 10th, the 9th, the 8th, the 7th, the 6th, the 5th, the 4th, the 3rd, the 2nd portion. He wants the first portion. Everybody say first. He instructed the people to bring it to the house of God. This is not, the first fruits is not what you send off to some TV evangelist. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with supporting a good ministry. I'm not saying that at all. It's not what we give to the missionaries. That's not first. I believe in supporting the missionaries. We just took a great offering today. Faith, promise, commitments were given to support our missionaries. But that's not what we give to first. That's an offering above the first fruits. It's not what we give to, well, Aunt Susie has a need, and I'm going to give the first fruits to Aunt Susie to help her out. No, that's an offering you give after you bring the first fruits. Because the only place the Bible tells us to bring first fruits is to the house of the Lord. Okay? Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. In the, the day of the, these scriptures, most of the people were farmers. So first fruits for them would be the first of the harvest. They would bring the, the first of the harvest to God. Or the first you know, of the livestock reproducing, they would bring the first of that to God. That was the way that they would give the first, the increase. That was their increase. Now today... How many have had some chickens lately? Some sheep been born in your house lately? How many have got a crops that you want to bring to the house of God? Anyone got that? There, maybe there is. There's some farmers in here. I don't know of any farmers at Life Church. So, so my increase, uh, let's, let's just talk real quick. What, what's, what's our increase? Wages, pay. How, how do you get your pay? Oh, you get, yeah, I got to work. But how, how does it come to you? Direct deposit? Cash? Check? E-transfer? These are ways that we are given our increase today. It doesn't matter how it comes, but whatever comes in as increase to you, to your family, that is the first fruits in your life. We are to honor the Lord with the first fruits of all of our increase. Now, here's a couple of examples in the Word of God. The first example is Jericho. This was powerful when I saw this. I, I never seen this until this week. Jericho, the Bible had very, God had very specific guidelines of what to do when they conquered Jericho. It says, do not keep any of the spoil for yourself. God says, it's all mine. Get, look at this, Joshua 6 and 19. But all, everybody say all. all, all the silver, all the gold, all the vessels of bronze, all the vessels of iron, they are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Why did God say that you can't have, you guys are going to fight Jericho, you're going to do this battle, but you don't get to keep any of the spoil. Why? This is what I learned this week. This, this was profound in my mind because of the first principle. Jericho was the first city that they conquered. Isn't that powerful? 
God says he, he believes in the first principle so much that when they conquered the first city, when God had the march around the walls and the walls fell flat and they took that city, it was the first one. He said, you can have the spoil of all the rest of the cities, but Jericho is mine. It's consecrated unto me. Don't touch it. He didn't say conquer 10 cities and give me the spoils of the 10th city. No. In God's mind, God says, I'm first. This is the first city. You can have all the rest. But you know what? This is the one. It's all mine. You know, it takes something to have faith to believe that when I give God the first, he's going to provide for me along the way for what's left over. It does take faith. And if you're coming into the church and you're new at this thing called church and giving, especially if you're making a lot of money and the preacher says you've got to give a tenth of it to the church, you're thinking, excuse me? That's a really good do deal for the church. Takes a lot of faith. Remember Achan? Achan was one of the, the people of Jericho, people of the children of Israel that helped overtake Jericho. And the Bible says that Achan kept some spoil for himself. He took a Babylonian garment. He took 200, the Bible says, shekels of silver. He took a wedge of gold. And he took it and he went to his tent and he hid it in his tent. No one knew. I'm not even sure that his family knew. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. It's all good. Just a little gold. Just a, little, just a little bit. I mean, God's not going to miss it. He's got all the spoil of Jericho. God's not going to be upset with me. It's mine. I, I, I helped conquer this city for God. I deserve this. So Israel goes on for a little while, and they get to go to the next city. They're going to conquer Ai. Well, Joshua's man, we, we did Jericho right. Man, we're going to have a great time conquering Ai. So he sends the troops down. It's going to be an easy battle, boys. Let's go down and conquer Ai. Well, they went down to Ai, and Ai gave them a smackdown. The Bible says that a bunch of men died in Ai. And, and J Jacob was like, I'm sorry, Joshua was, was like, God, what is up? How come? You just help us to conquer this city of Jericho and this little old Ai, we, we got beat up. Joshua 7 and 10 says, and the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Because he was whining to God. He says, Israel has sinned. They have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have taken some of the accursed things and have stolen and deceived. This is serious talk coming from God. They have also put it among their own stuff. Now, it wasn't all the people did this. One man did this. But it caused Israel to have trouble with the next fight. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. You wonder sometimes why you can't stand up against the enemy that's coming against you? How are you doing with the principle of first? They could not stand before the enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they have been doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. God says Israel's stolen from me. They've taken from me. And they are cursed because of it. Say, Pastor Steve, this is heavy. It is heavy. But there's great promises if we get the principle of first. Scripture says we can do two things with first fruits. We can bring it to God. Or we can take it for ourselves. And the Bible says that's stealing no other choice. First example. Second example is Cain and Abel's offering. And this is, this is another great truth I got this week as well. I've wondered about this all my life. But God helped me with this one. They're, they're offerings. Genesis 4, 
3 through 5. I want to tell you before I read these verses, the Word of God is very specific. The Word of God tells us things in, in a right way. It's not just jibber-jabber and, and just words are just put on a page for whatever format and whatever. No, there are specific words in a passage for a reason. Notice this. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the... Oh, Abel brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Why, why God? And I've wondered this many times, God, why did you accept? And of course, I've heard preachers preach about it all my life, and they've got all kinds of cute little things that they say, you know, that they, they, they kind of make up things that they think God. I think the word of God's very plain. I think when the word of God is written, it's written specifically the way God wants it written. The Bible says that Abel brought the firstborn. But the Bible doesn't say that Cain brought first fruits. He brought an offering, but it didn't say he brought first fruits. I'll let you decide on your own. But I believe that's where the key is in that verse. That's why God accepted Abel's offering. Because he obeyed the first fruits, the first principle. And I believe that's why God did not accept Cain's, because it was not first fruits. First fruits belong to God and must be brought to him. The last portion here, and I'm almost done, even though I've got a few more things to say. The tithe. Everybody say the tithe. The principle here for the first principle on the tithe is that the tithe must be first. Leviticus 27 and 30 says, all the tithe of the land, whether it of seed of the land or fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's. Everybody say, it's the Lord's. Amen. Same as him saying to the children back there, you know, Jericho, all the spoil, it's mine. Same thing. It, it is holy to the Lord. Proverbs 3 and 9, we've read it already once, but I, I think it's important to read it again. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. I want you to understand something. Really, firstborn, first fruits, and tithe, it's really one principle in the Word of God. It's the principle of first. It's not really this principle's a separate. No, it's all together as one principle. The tithe is the Lord. It belongs to God. It's holy. It's set apart. The tithe is to be the first fruits. It's not to be the second fruits or the leftovers in our lives. God demands the first tenth. He demands it to be first. You know, when I get paid, and you all hopefully get paid something from someone, if you're working, or when the check comes in from the government, whatever, when you get the increase into your household, the first money you spend is really the first fruits. The first money you spend is first fruits. What I've done, and I, even before I kind of studied this out in heavy before this time, I, I started doing this about three months ago. When I get paid, and I get paid now via e-transfer, I love e-transfer. I don't like getting a check and having to go to the bank anymore. Thank you, Sister Ann, for making sure I get paid via e-transfer. It comes in on the Thursday night before the Friday when I'm supposed to get paid on Friday. Thursday night is when I get it in my bank, and I, I quickly get it, and I know it's coming on Thursday, so later on in the evening I go check, and it's there, and I deposit into my account. The first thing I've been doing as soon as I deposit, even before I studied this out even in full, before I go to lunch with my family and go to dinner on the weekend, before anything, guess what I do? I make an e-transfer to the district office because I, I don't pay tithes to this church because if I'm paying tithes to the church, it doesn't make sense. They, I'm accountable to another body, and I pay tithes to the district account, and I send it immediately my tithes are sent off to that district account. Now, I pay a lot of offerings here, but I don't pay tithes here. Do, do I pay tithes? Yes, absolutely. So I'm just, this is a principle. The Bible said earlier, we, we read that it's to be the first of the first fruits. If I gave you 10 loonies today, 10 coins, which one is the tithe? 
anyone? Really, the first fruits tells us it's the first one that's spent of the ten. So I want to challenge you to start thinking about this when you, when you give the tithe. At home, if you, if you write a check to Life Church, make that the first check you write. And I know some of you do e-transfer here in the lobby. Make it to be, as soon as you get to the church, it's the first thing you do. If you e-transfer, you know, make it the first e-transfer out of your account. That is making sure that the tithes is the first fruits. You know what, it's no act of faith if I give 10% to the church and to God after I've paid all my bills and there's money left over. That's, that's no act of faith. But it is an act of faith, especially for some of us who've had to kind of make the decision, am I going to tithe and honor God? Or am I going to pay all the bills first? I'm telling you, the devil will work that against you. He'll make it so that you'll have other bills and things will show up. And you'll, he'll make it so that when you get and you pay all the other bills first, there's really not enough left to tithe. But I want to challenge someone today. If you'll just flip this thing around, if you'll honor God first, I believe that God can take that 10% and he will redeem the rest. And it's amazing what God can do with 90% that's blessed in your life. The Bible says Jericho's spoils, they were consecrated to the Lord. The Bible says that Achan was cursed for keeping the spoil for himself. Really, our money that comes into our account it's either consecrated or it's cursed. Consecrated when you bring it to the house of the Lord. It's cursed when you keep it for yourself. I, I, I'm telling you, folks, this is a principle in the Word of God. I, this is, this, I, I hope you don't think that I'm enjoying myself up here telling you guys about finances. Okay? But I, I do believe if we get this, if we really understand this, if we understand that the devil's been convincing us otherwise than what thus saith the word of God, that there's blessings associated. A couple more verses. Malachi 3, 8 and 9. Will a man rob God? God. You don't want to be in charge with a, a, robbing God, do you? He said, yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you, God? He says, in tithes and offerings. He said, this is what God's saying, not me. You are cursed with a cursed. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Some say, well, that's Old Testament. That doesn't apply to me. That's, what, that's what the old law. No, the tithe. We're going to study it maybe a little bit more. The, the tithe was pre-law, before the law was brought into account. It was during the law, and it was referred to by Jesus as a thing we should be doing after the law. So we'll talk about that later. A few verses earlier to this verse about robbing God because of tithes. Malachi 3 and 6, 6 says, For I am the Lord and I do not change. He says, I change not. You know, there's some principles that are eternal in the Word of God. The Bible says, Thou shalt not kill. Under the law, guess what? After the law is done, thou shalt not kill. It's an eternal principle. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not commit adultery after the law is done. And I believe that this principle of first, it's, it's a principle that does not stop. It's an eternal principle. And there's eternal blessings associated with it. You know what? When you look at the Bible, we, this is the last big portion of Scripture. Malachi 3, 10 through 12. There's seven promises in this passage of Scripture for those that tithe. Seven promises promises. So everybody say seven. seven. Seven promises. Let's read it together. Behold, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, said the Lord of the host. If I will not, here's the first blessing, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. Heaven open. I can just see the deluge of God's blessing being poured out from an open heaven. The first blessing, you'll have an open heaven over your life, an open heaven over your finances, an open heaven over your family, an open heaven over your situation. He says, the second blessing, and I will pour you out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. 
This is overflowing blessings. This is blessings that you cannot contain, that you can't, you haven't got enough containers to keep them. There's so many blessings coming your way. Continues, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Man, there's a devourer that will come. It's the enemy of water pipes, HVAC systems. It's the enemy of, you know, motors and cars. He'll devour you. Bible says if you do this, you bring the tithe, the blessing is, the devourer is now rebuked in your life. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Hallelujah. Fruit's going to last. The fruit of your life is not going to be destroyed. Things are going to last longer. The car's going to last longer. Things are not going to break down at house. The appliances are going to last longer because the fruit is going to last. I thank God, and I've been a tither all my life since I was taught to be a tither at 20 and 21 and 27 or 8 years old. And I've had cars, and most of my cars have lasted 20 and 21 and 22 years. I'm telling you, and when I give them away, they're still running. That's the blessings of God. That's fruit that will last. Nor the vine, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in the field, says the Lord. There will be fruit-bearing vines. They're not going to be barren vines, but your life will be fruitful. Your life will be joyful. God will bless your finances. God will bless your health. God will bless your family. God will bless your career. And all the nations will call you blessed. Hallelujah. This, this blessing number six is you're called blessed. People look at you and say, he's a blessed man. She's a blessed woman. They're a blessed people. They're a blessed family. You're called blessed. People recognize it from the outside. And you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Everybody say delightful. I want to be a delightful, and I want my generosity and my love for people to be an attractive quality to those around us that they look at me and say, man, they're just a delightful land. They're a delightful bunch. Look, look what God's doing in their life. I believe, church, when we understand these principles of first, firstborn, first fruits, and the tithe, that there's great blessings that are promised, that the windows of heaven will be open, that, that God is going to just shower us with his power and his anointing, and we're going to see great things happen. Do you receive that today? Hallelujah. Deuteronomy tells us at least four times in Deuteronomy that God told the people, if they would obey him, everything they put their hands to is going to be blessed. If they would obey him. The challenge today, if you want blessings to permeate from your life, if you want blessings to permeate in your family and in your finances, put God to the test. God doesn't need your money, just so you know that. He's not up there in heaven. I'm praying that the church at Life Church, I pray that those people get it today because we need those funds. God, God's not saying that at all. He does not need your money, but you need it to give it to be blessed. I'm going to invite us all to stand here today. There's a prayer. If you've got the online version in, on your phone, you have it. If you don't have it, you're going to receive it as you walk out today. We're going to put this on the screen here. There's a prayer that I've been praying since December. And I pray this almost every day. And I've, I, I'm telling you, church, I have seen God show up in powerful ways. Just take that down for a second because I'm afraid everybody's going to be reading. We're going to read it together. Don't, don't hand it out. We're going to just at the end. You guys can, can give them out at the end. I've begun to see. I've been praying for an open heaven. And I'm just going to tell you a couple of things that I have seen in this last couple of months. I have personally received a substantial check that was a surprise to me. Wasn't expected. Wasn't asked for. It was just given to me. And I'm not saying a $500 check. I'm not saying a $1,000. I'm not saying a $25. I'm talking about a substantial check was given to me. You say, why did you get it? Because I'm praying for an open heaven. I'm a tither. I'm a, I give my offerings. And God says, if you understand these principles, he will open the windows of heaven. I went to, to the dentist this week. This is what God will do. I was having some frustration. Actually, it was a sight. Some frustration. I was like, one night, uh, Wednesday night, I was kept up. I had to go get some, 
some Advil to kind of help because it was like, it was sensitive. And I thought, what's going on? So I went to the dentist and he said, well, you got a little crack there that's formed in that tooth. And so I got to do some work on it. So he, that day he did the work and filled it. And you know what? I don't have dental insurance. When I go to the dentist, it's just it, the money goeth. Okay? We've had a lot of money going, it seems like, to the dentist. He's making money off of us. He's a great dentist, though. I went to the dentist, and I had my, my little procedure, and he said, okay. And I walked up to the front, and I got my wallet out. And the lady there knows us. She lives in our neighborhood. And so I said, okay, how much do I have to pay? And she goes, You know, I'm glad about that. So I put my wallet in my pocket, and I left as quickly as I could. <laughs> but I believe that that was a blessing from God. That should have cost me a couple hundred dollars. But for some reason, that dentist decided that day, I'm not charging him for that. Because I'm living under an open heaven. Life Church in January was given a substantial blessing. Sister Ann, did, did that happen or not? And I'm talking about not little. I'm talking about grand, like several grand blessing. Wasn't expected. Wasn't asked for. It just showed up. Why did that happen? I'm praying an open blessing over the finances of Life Church. Not because of my prayers, but I'm believing what the Word of God says. I'm putting Him first. Life Church is given to a lot of missionaries. We're given to a lot of needs, and we're putting God first. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, search Life Church, and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week, and God bless.